When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and I answered them as best I could. They also called me Padre. Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast, where I try to take what's happening today and connect it with what we're learning in Holy Scripture together. And today, there's so much happening, so much in the world, and you know that better than I do. And it's really overwhelming at times. It's hard to take it all in. It's hard to hear it all. Hard to know what to do. Hard to make sense of information that comes at us that takes our emotions up and down. We are subjects to feeling. Feelings that aren't always easy to handle. This has been a rough week for me. And I'm sitting here in Texas, imagining what it's like in Ukraine and other places of conflict around the world. Peace is the unnatural state of humanity in many ways. We are a species that thrives on war, lusts for war, longs for war and violence, only to find that it takes so much from us. In the gospel lesson today, Jesus takes his three closest disciples, Peter, John, and James, up to the mountain to pray. I feel like this was a normal activity for them. Why go up on a mountain to pray? Well, you climb it. You know, that's part of the journey. That's part of the pilgrimage. Where do you pray? Do you have to climb to get there? Jesus did that. And there he is transfigured. His appearance changes. His face changes. His clothes become dazzling white. And suddenly there's Moses and Elijah talking to him. And it says they appeared in glory as well. They are also clothed in light. And they are speaking of his exodus, which he is about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Now, Peter is sleepy, and James and John are sleepy, it says. So many events of the Gospels, life with Jesus, are done by tired people, happen to tired people. It seems like the natural state of spiritual growth is being tired and exhausted, this is the place where so much happens in the life of Jesus when his disciples are tired. Maybe life with Jesus is not as exciting and thrilling as we thought it would be. It's often quite tiring. And we are tired. And they are tired. And it's at this moment of sleepiness and waking up that they pronounce what should happen that they should make three dwellings, one for Moses, one for Elijah, one for Jesus. And this is where the voice comes from heaven that says only Jesus will be worshipped, only Jesus will be tabernacled, will be commemorated on this day. But the sleepy disciples have a point. This is a big event. 
And they're talking about Jesus' exodus. The exodus event in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, is the deliverance from enslavement in Egypt. That Moses is sent to let my people go. He goes with Aaron. And they declare God's deliverance before it even happens. And they are delivered by the signs of the ten plagues. And finally, Pharaoh lets them go and then goes back on his word and chases them down and they are rescued through the waters of the Red Sea. And this Exodus event is celebrated in Passover all the way down through history, commemorating how God saved his people. This is the Exodus event, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. This is the event that Jesus is talking about to Moses and Elijah. Moses and Elijah stand for a lot of things. They are symbols. They are people, of course, but also they stand for the whole Old Testament, Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, the first five books of Moses, the law and the prophets, the prophetic literature that is the rest of the Bible. And here Jesus is in dialogue with this book, this collection of books and the people that represent them. But he's talking about his exodus, this deliverance that has not yet happened to the disciples. But by the time of this writing, by the time Luke is writing this, it has happened. We have been delivered and we have seen it. And this exodus event changes all of human history. And it becomes the focal point for Christians, the focal point for remembering and reminding ourselves that in our tiredness, in our being weighed down by sleep, as the disciples are said to be, in our confusion about who to follow and who to worship, that this Exodus event is the event that we pin our hopes on. This is the event that we reenact throughout the days of Lent, spring, pre-Easter, whatever you call it. And then the events of Maundy Thursday, the night where the Eucharist is instituted and Jesus washes his disciples' feet, the night of his trial, the night of his betrayal, and the day of his crucifixion on Calvary Hill. And then his glorious resurrection. This story of death, burial, resurrection, this story of dying and coming back to life is the story that gives us hope. Just as the Exodus story gave the people of God hope, through all the things they went through. So this story, the story of Jesus, is the one that gives us hope. And we need hope today. No matter what solution or events play out in the world, this is the hope of the world. And we have to remind ourselves of that in times like this. We have to remind ourselves that death is not the end, that it is the prerequisite for new life in Jesus. And so when we feel the little deaths around us or the big deaths inside us and around us, we remember that this is where we have hope. And in this transfiguration where they glimpse it for just a moment, they glimpse this story, the Exodus story of Jesus. They glimpse it and they see who he really is just for a moment. It is in that vision that we pin our hope to, that God is working behind the scenes, behind the drab exterior of our lives, something is happening. And if, I, if you look out at a church congregation today, I hope you go to church. 
or sometime this week. And you see just normal people sitting there and standing there. To know that God is at work behind their exteriors too. God is at work behind the, the, the exterior you present to the world in your game face on Monday, in the way you go into the world, school, work, whatever you do. When you are seen by other people who don't really see you, this is where God is working too, behind the scenes. This week, Texas passed a uh, order to try to identify and persecute trans children here through the foster care system, a system already fraught with abuse and neglect. And now to add this layer of trauma to it, where parents in good faith in consultation with their doctors are now being targeted for child abuse charges, grisly stuff. Um, Christians have always known that the transfiguration of Jesus is also the transfiguration of us all. That God became human so that we could experience what it's like to be God. So that we could feel that fellowship with the divine that we lost in Adam's fall. And so, as we consider the trans people around us who their interior selves always have known and have longed for the exterior of their lives to reflect the interior, um, that is also a transfiguration, a revealing of what is really inside. And we ought to learn from our trans siblings. We ought to learn from them about how to reflect on the outside of our lives what is happening on the inside. Because that is ultimately what Jesus has done. So no matter what you're feeling today, discouragement, despair, anger, alienation, questions that are unanswered about the world, Ukraine, families here in Texas, whatever it is, Know that this pattern of death, burial, and resurrection is the good news for the world. It is our exodus. It is the event we rehearse and celebrate and remind ourselves. We place the cross before our eyes. As Joan of Arc died on the scaffold, she was burned alive for her witness to the truth that was in her, that God had spoken to her and she had followed what God had said to do. And as they burned her alive, she called out, fetch a cross and place it before my eyes. And they did that. And she called out, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And we call out with her, Jesus, 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 because he is the exodus. He is the deliverance. He is our hope. O God, who before the passion of your only begotten Son revealed his glory upon the holy mountain, grant to us that we, beholding by faith the light of his countenance, may be strengthened to bear our cross and be changed into his likeness from glory to glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.